Well, we are part of a uh, mini-series, uh, week two of a mini-series looking at the church uh, in the season that we're in. Bauta led us in uh, last week and he's going to continue to lead us in uh, this week. But he has produced a quick video of some people from around the church family talking about what they love about being part of a church family. So let's watch this together uh, before we hear from Bauta. I love church because there's such an eclectic bunch of different types of people and we all have this one thing in common that we love God and we love worshipping Jesus. I like church because though it's challenging sometimes people are just so so encouraging and I really really appreciate that. I love church because it's really fun and I can come close to Jesus and I can learn about Jesus. I like about church it's the singing and praying. I love church. I love being family together. And I love church because I love worshipping with my brothers and sisters. Why do we like being part of church, Martha? Because it's fun and we get to know about God. I love church because we can show each other and the world around us the love of the Father. Why do you love church, Joel? Because of Pete and Sean. I love church because it's the best place to give and receive God's love to one another. I love church because I get to learn about Jesus. I love church because it's full of wonderful brothers and sisters who I really trust. I love church because I can spend lots of time with my friends playing games. I love church because you're welcome just the way you are. Hi guys, I love life church because it keeps me close to Jesus. It has loads of things to do and get involved in, and it's a great place to make friends. Wonderful. Well, that is fantastic to be able to see a number of faces. I love my church family. I love being part of this church family. Uh, what a special video. Uh, why don't we uh, give Vouter a big welcome? We love Vouter. We love what he brings to uh, the team and the church, and uh, we're so thankful for the way that he serves amongst us. Even though we're not in the same room, let's welcome Bauter as he comes to speak to us. Dr. Gilbert Belasigan described the church to his students as follows. He says, students, there was once a community of believers who were so totally devoted to God that their life together was charged with the Spirit's power. In that band of Christ followers, believers loved each other with a radical kind of love. And they took off their masks and shared their lives with one another. They laughed and they cried and prayed and sang and served together in authentic Christian fellowship. Those who had more shared freely with those who had less until socio-economic barriers just melted away. People related together in ways that bridged gender and racial chasms and celebrated cultural differences. Now Acts 2 tells us that this community of believers, this church offered unbelievers such a vision of life that was so beautiful, it took their breath away. It was so bold, so creative, so dynamic, that they couldn't resist it. Verse 47 of Acts 2 tells us that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. My friends, that is the picture of the local church that you and I get to be part of. And over these last two weeks, we've been looking at what is the church today? Now, I believe wholeheartedly that there is no organisation like the local church. 
It's so beautiful when it's working right, its potential is breathtaking. There will be no other organization that would even come close that could bring change to this world than the local church. Now, last week we've been looking at the church as a picture from scripture. We've been looking at different pictures. We've been looking at the bride of Christ, how the church is beautiful and Jesus is making it beautiful. We've been looking at being part of a church, first of all, means being part of Jesus, that remaining in Jesus is where all community and where all church starts. We cannot be part of a church community without having a vivid relationship with Jesus ourselves. We've been looking at how we are temples of the Holy Spirit, how the church is the temple of Jesus, how we are the new temple, and the presence of God goes with us wherever we go. Together, we are the new temple, and individually, we take the power of Jesus and the presence of Jesus everywhere we go. And finally, we looked at how a church is a body, how we're meant to be together, united, working together. We cannot have a relationship with Jesus without being part of something bigger. Now, today we're going to be looking at what does it mean for us to play our part in the local church? What does it mean for you to be a part of a local church? How does it impact our lives? And we're going to do so by looking at Acts 2. Why don't you turn there with me? It says in Acts 2 verse 42, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold properties and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a wonderful picture of what the early church was like. So beautiful to see it described. And for me, the first word that jumps from the page is the word devoted. Devoted. What does it mean to be devoted? Now, devoted really means to give oneself, to give yourself. It means to give yourself continuously. And devoted means to give yourself to Jesus and to give yourself to others. That's what we can see in the early church. Now, you might think about yourself and you kind of wonder, I don't really see myself as a gift. Really? Am I a gift to Jesus, to others? You kind of might think, well, Jesus has saved me. I mean, he puts up with me. But am I a gift? Am I truly a gift? Well, I want to read you a quote that will really help to illustrate it. It's from a wonderful book. It's called Gentle and Lowly. I really recommend it to you. And uh, it talks about an illustration, a doctor. And it says, a compassionate doctor has traveled deep into the jungle to provide medical care to primitive tribe afflicted with contagious disease. And he has had his medical equipment flown in. He's ready. He has correctly diagnosed the problem and the antibiotics are prepared and available, and he is independently wealthy, has no need of any kind for financial compensation. But as he seeks to provide care, the afflicted refuse. They want to take care of themselves. They want to heal on their own terms. And finally, then a few brave young men step forward to receive the care being freely provided. Now, what do you think the doctor feels? Joy. His joy increases to the degree that the sick come to him for help and healing. 
It's the whole reason he came. How much more of the diseased are not strangers, but his own family. And so it is with us. And so it is with Christ. He doesn't get flustered and frustrated when we come to him for fresh forgiveness, for renewed pardon, with distress and need of emptiness. It's the whole point. That's why he came. We truly are a gift to Jesus. We were created by God, our Father. He loves us as we are. Yes, we've wandered away from Jesus. Yes, there's a lot of need that we have. But Jesus' desire, his truest, deepest desire is our greatest need. Our forgiveness. He loves to give his forgiveness and his healing. Now, when we receive that, we are a gift to Jesus and we become a gift to others. And devoting yourself to Jesus means that you give yourself to Jesus, that you hold nothing back. And devoting ourselves to one another means that in the same way that we have given ourselves to Jesus, we give ourselves to one another. Now, the way that community normally works is we try to look for people that are happy. We try to connect with them because these are the people that do us good. But then what about the people that perhaps are not happy, sad, maybe even tearful and hurting? What about these people? Normally, we try and stay away from these people. We try and find the people that make us feel happy and good. And when people hurt us, we kind of go, hmm. Now the church is made up of all of these sorts of people. And in true fact, you are one of these at different moments throughout the week and the years. You have seasons where you're happy, seasons where you're sad. Now, what would happen when you would um, be part of a community and you suddenly meet all of these people together? Now, you might feel, I'm looking for a good church, a place where everyone's happy, a place where I can contribute and, and feel being part of. But what about the people that feel sad or don't feel connected? Should I stay away from these? Maybe I need to find another church that does have it together. Well, my friends, this is not how the church functions. The church means that we are a gift to one another. And as we devote ourselves, give ourselves to one another, we give ourselves on our happy days and we give ourselves on our sad days. And what happens when we start to relate to one another in seasons where we struggle and where we might not have it all together, we start to connect with people in different terms. We start to connect through the cross of Jesus. You see, when we connect to other people when they have needs, and when we start to provide for those needs, we start to understand what Jesus did for us. You see, Jesus died for us when we had nothing to offer him. We love his gift. And when we receive that gift, we start to understand that that gift is unconditional. There's nothing that we can bring to the table. Now, what happens when we start to connect to other people in that way is that we learn how Jesus loves us unconditionally. When we learn how to cheer up people that are sad, when we learn how to provide for people that go through grief or that just go through depression, we understand what it means to devote ourselves to one another, to give ourselves through the cross of Jesus. That means that we can be in relationship with people that are sad and hurting, maybe even making us sad and hurting us in a way that still connects us together. We don't have to give up when we get hurt. We don't have to get frustrated when people are not having it all together. We can be together, connecting through this wonderful, beautiful picture of the gospel together. This is what makes the church so beautifully attractive. And what happens when we start to live our lives like this is that you see the gospel starting to come alive. It means when you visit a church and people are caring for one another, when they go through difficulties, people will see the love of Jesus 
in real life. The picture of the church illustrates the love of Jesus for us. But devoting oneself, giving oneself here in the original text also has the meaning of ongoingly giving oneself. There's something to be overcome, something to be persevered, to bear with one another, to devote one another, to give sacrificially. Now, in this online world, it's a little bit harder to keep giving yourself sacrificially through these means. I've had times where in the evening we would do a Zoom call with friends. I had a bad day and I kind of was tempted just to open up the screen and go, hello, nice to see you. I hope you're all well and just pretend, just wing it, you know. It's too painful to share your mistakes and it's too painful to share about things that happened that day. But my friends, that's not true community. There's days where we're happy, days when we're sad, but devoting ourselves to one another means that we share life, give ourselves, our whole selves, the good bits and the bad bits. And the good bits are a gift to others, the bad bits will help others to be a gift to us. Devoting ourselves to one another has also a very practical element to it. It's an outflow of giving ourselves to one another in very practical means. In Acts 2, we can read that they were together, they devote themselves to fellowship, to community, to breaking of bread and prayer, to the teaching, uh, to um, being together, to give to one another, selling properties and meeting together, breaking bread, praising God together. And God was adding to them daily. Now, when you look through this text, I can draw out several elements, probably more uh, than we are going to do today. But there's, there, there's a few key elements that we can see flowed out of this devotion to one another. First of all, we can see that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were hearing the word of God. And they were applying it to their lives every day. Now, I love being at Life Church because I so often hear stories about people saying, I was reading this in my devotional time. God spoke this to me and I've been seeking to apply that today. This happened today. And I mean, that makes me so happy. The other day I was listening to somebody who felt God saying something to them to be a blessing to some people in their neighborhood. And uh, it just made me smile. This is what it means to live the word. The word is not just something to study, something to read or come together to talk about. The word is something to take in and to live out. And this is what they were doing. They were listening to the teaching. They were taking it in and they were living it out. Now, let me ask you, how are you doing when it comes to taking these things in? There's so many things that help. Reading your Bible every day has been a great habit for me over the years. Just learning how to take in God's word a little bit at a time. I ask myself two questions every day. What is Jesus saying to me as I read scripture? And then I think, what am I going to do about it? How can I live it out? There's teaching that we do on Sunday mornings that will help you. There's devotional series that we have on our YouTube sit, uh, channel that you could use uh, in your life group, talking about specific things that come out of Sunday, preaching or other topics. So helpful to encourage one another. The second element that happens is breaking of bread. Now, this is something that's a little bit difficult to do in this season, um, but there is still an opportunity for us to gather together and to think of what Jesus has done for us over a meal. Just talk with one another, catching one another up. Now, currently there's a restriction of only six people in a household, but that means there's still a little bit of manoeuvre space to invite people and to have fellowship together, to talk with one another and to take some bread and share some wine with one another uh, or grape juice, whatever you prefer, and to think of what Jesus has done for us together. We can also see that they devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer is such a special part of community. 
I love it when I hear people sharing with me that they've been praying for me. I get a phone call, people saying, I've had a word for you when I was praying for you. That, that just makes my heart sing. Uh, when I need prayer, I ask people, can you pray for me today? Something important coming up. This is what it means to be part of community, to pray for one another. I have a wall upstairs that I'm currently decorating with lots of pictures of everyone at Life Church, all the members at Life Church. That's my prayer wall. And uh, what I have in mind is to walk past that wall and to be praying for everyone face to face as I see their pictures and mention their names before Jesus, because prayer matters. Prayer makes a difference. And I'm so grateful for many people at Life Church praying for me, and I love praying for others. This is what it means to be a community. The fourth element we can see is that people give gifts to one another. It's so amazing when we see that they, they sold possessions to give to those in need. Now, at Life Church, I am so amazed, deeply in awe, about the generosity of the people at Life Church. Through this COVID season, you have continued to give so generously. I want to just commend you for that. So many people have taken financial hits. It's been really difficult, but you've continued to give sacrificially. Some people have not been in the season where they're able to give because they've lost income. The other day I heard a story about a life group putting money together because somebody in their group was really hit financially because of the crisis and they were giving all sorts of gifts, going to the shop, buying food and other supplies to help these people. I mean, this is just wonderful. That is what it means to be part of a living community that shares things together because Jesus has given us so much we can freely give to others. Now, the final element is that we can see they come together. And what we can see is they come together in different settings. Now, at LifeChurch, we use different phrases for that. But we can see that they came together in the temple, big crowds all together at one we can read in the New Testament. We call that meeting in rows. When you were in a crowd, you don't necessarily have time to kind of meet face to face with people and catch up. But uh, Sundays is kind of our opportunity to meet together as a big crowd. Now, at the moment, it's a big crowd on Zoom, online, but it's still a big crowd. Uh, then we can see that they meet with one another in their homes. Uh, we call that meeting in circles, where you are together. Now, currently, that's not easily done through life groups, but we still continue to meet via Zoom. And that is an opportunity to share life with one another, to talk with one another. Now, you can still invite people into your home. We really want to encourage you in this season to try and cluster up, maybe two or three people together in a house uh, to make sure that you invite some people over to maybe watch the Zoom service on Sundays or your life group together to make the most of the opportunity to still connect with one another. Yeah, you might get a bit zoomed out now and then, but isn't it wonderful that we still have opportunity to meet together? And then finally, we can see that they were meeting where people were at in their community every day. Jesus was adding to their number every day, it says. They were connecting the dots, as we say it. As we go out and we live in our neighbourhoods and workplaces and families, we can live out the gospel and help people to meet the wonderful gift of Jesus everywhere we go. How are you doing when it comes to be devoted to the people around you who don't know Jesus yet? To make the most of the opportunities to share the wonderful story of Jesus' gift for us today. Now, this is the church today. And this is what you and I get to be part of. I hope you feel the immense privilege of being living in this wonderful community that Jesus has designed. 
It was powerful in the days of Acts and it's still powerful today. That same power is there as we live out the gospel. And I want to encourage you to be freshly thankful for the church, even as we continue to meet online, to be continually looking out. How, how can I devote myself, give myself in this season? How can I continue to give myself to lovingly giving myself? I want to commend you for that and I want to encourage you. So why don't we pray that at the end of our time together? Jesus, we thank you for the immense privilege of being part of your wonderful church. We thank you for your amazing gift that you gave to us, your life. And thank you that you are thrilled to receive the gift of us, Lord. Even if it comes with problems and difficulties, you love to heal us and you love to come and love us. Lord, we pray that you help us to give ourselves to one another afresh. Amen. Thank you, Vata. Uh, it's a wonderful encouragement and uh, it would be great for us to think through what are some practical next steps for us. Why don't you make a decision now? What are you going to do in light of what Bauta has just been sharing with us? What are some of the ways in which you can take this forward? Who are you going to pray for? Who are you going to seek out? Who are you going to share with? Uh, and make a decision now to uh, take that forward. I don't know about you, but I feel uh, encouraged. I feel uh, we were praying before the uh, service started. We felt quite strongly that uh, to pray for just a, a fresh sense of confidence, fresh sense of being encouraged uh, for us as a church family. feel like we've done that as we've been talking about what the church is. Uh, our gaze has been lifted over and above computer screens to something much bigger that we're part of. And uh, thank you, friends, for being with us this morning. Father, we want to thank you so much for... Uh, the encouragement of this morning. Thank you that we are able to sing words like we've just sung, uh, of the wonderful truth that we share together, that you have overcome sin and death, that we uh, can know an eternal hope in you. Father, that's what unites us, that's what brings us together. And as, a, as we scroll through the uh, gallery of faces, Father, we thank you so much that you've caused us to be part of a church family like this, there's no accidents that you have brought us together for such a time as this. And Father, we want to pray that you would help us, you would uh, equip us more as a church family uh, to be uh, more and more like that image that Voucher has been uh, setting for us, to encouraging us towards, like uh, we read in Acts 2. Father, would you help us in that? We pray in your precious name. Amen.